Hi, I'm Olaomi Brigway, and I began to experience all-round supernatural success in my life when I finally accepted that no matter how hard a person works, they will never rise above the level of thinking. Are you looking for transformation from the inside out? Then join me on the Super Abundant Life podcast. Welcome to episode 62 of the podcast. Today, I'm doing an interview. Yes, <laughs> I'm doing an interview. So I haven't done one of these in a while, um, but we're bringing interviews back. We're bringing interviews back. So I'm quite excited to be doing this one and on a very relevant topic in these times, which is on productivity. So maximizing time in order to become more efficient, more effective, in everything that you're doing. Lots of people are homeschooling, working from home, etc. cetera. Uh, what better time to learn about being productive? And the person that I'm going to be interviewing, that I'm going to be speaking and with and having a conversation with is someone that I've always known to be very effective and efficient in, in the way she handles everything, in the way she handles her life. Um, and I'm really looking forward to this because I know that you're going to get a lot out of it. Um, and I say this because obviously we've already recorded the episode and it was amazing. So I can't wait to share with you. Bye. My guest today is Doinyo Lorofemi, and it's a wonderful privilege to have her here. Thank you for coming on the Super Bona Life podcast, Doing. Thank you for having me. It's a real pleasure. Now, um, I'm, I want to introduce Doing to you, even though I know that some people that are listening to me would already know who she is. Uh, Doinyo Lorofemi is a wife, a mom, and entrepreneur. She's passionate about helping women put their best foot forward. Her mission in life is to empower the people in her world to live well, live full, and live out. Her company, MAPHA, runs an annual workshop to inspire and to train women to become better versions of themselves and also to empower them to pass it on to the next generation. That's something she's very passionate about. Doreen is the author of uh, a few books, so A Letter to My Daughters, 90 Days of Grace, Let's Read, which is a reading log to help you uh, with your reading and grow with goals. She also runs an online book club called Minute Motivation Reading Club on Facebook to encourage women to develop a habit of reading books that develop the mind. So it's, um, it's a real privilege to have her here. And before I, you know, I just want to get straight into it. You know, if you listen to this podcast, you know, we just dive in. Before I do that, I just want to, you know, say how I met doing. And it was through a recommendation from a friend of mine. So I was, this was at the point where I was making my transition from uh, teaching, from having a nine to five job. And I was thinking of going into business. Um, so I thought there are a few things that I don't know. I can't just jump from being an employee to being a business owner. So I was talking to a friend of mine. I said, I'm looking for, um, entrepreneurs that can mentor me, you know, coaching programs or whatever. And she mentioned doing, and I said, okay, sounds very interesting. And we met up and I was like, listen, I have to hang out with you. <laughs> and fortunately for me, doing was running a three month, um, mentoring program just at that point. And obviously I signed up 
And one of the first things that I noticed very quickly was how efficient doing is. I mean, she's doing a lot. <laughs> she does a lot. Her life is full, but she's very efficient. And I'm like, okay, if I'm going to, because at that point in time, I was still working full time. If I'm going to run a business on the side as well as, you know, as well as having a family, etc., I need to be able to multiply my efficiency and productivity and do it excellently. And that was one of the things that I knew or noticed straight away about her. Um, so the three month program was completely amazing. One thing I learned, one of the things I learned that I still practice today is the Sabbath. She taught me about rest and I still practice it to today. So I'm going to make sure she talks about that in this episode. So I'm very excited doing, as far as I'm concerned, is a queen of productivity. So I cannot talk about productivity without bringing Doing on. Okay. So that's how I met her. Um, and I consider it a real privilege to have her on today. So, Thank you so much. Uh, sometimes people talk, introduce you and you're thinking, oh, wow. Okay. I want to meet me. <laughs> so thank you so much for having me as well. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. So um, we're going to get into it. My first question to you is, what is your own definition of productivity? So people have their own, they might say, oh, um, to do a lot. But then we know that being busy does not necessarily equate to being productive. So what yeah. is your own definition of productivity? Um, queen of productivity seems like a very big title. But um, I've always um, looked at what is important to me and what needs to be done. And just being able to have both of them in synergy is key to what I define productivity as because, you know, I've always imagined myself really being successful without loss. So I guess um, if I if I need to define what productivity means, um, it would be doing what needs to be done with minimal loss of what really matters. So it's a combination of efficiency and effectiveness. Um, it's it's funny that you had said doing is very efficient, but I'm always also asking myself, am I also effective? Because I think having both of them just running alongside each other is what gives balance and actually what inspires people. Amazing. I absolutely love that because um, <clears throat> you straight away, you've highlighted something that I, I, I believe is going to a theme that's going to run throughout this episode as we have this conversation, which is you are being um, productive or successful in one area of your life does not necessarily mean another area, something else that matters to you should suffer. So I love that definition because it means, and when I look at you, to be honest, and I don't want to get ahead of myself, one of the things that I see um, is you don't have to sacrifice any area of your life in order to, for example, build a successful business or career. Awesome, I love it. Okay, so my second question is, have you always been like this? Are you one of those people <laughs> that when you came out of the womb, you were just like, you know, arranging systems, you know, from one age one, you were, you know, arranging your, your feeding bottle like this and all that. <laughs> or was there an event or something in your life that shaped you into this kind of person? Okay. You, you know what? This is a question that I've always answered with caution because different people that know me, have different views or different answers to this question. So when I 
um, talk to my siblings. Yesterday, incidentally, it was my sister's birthday and we had a surprise Zoom party for our, all of us came with the kids and everything. And we're all chatting. And we have those kind of um, times that we all chat. And all my siblings will say, no, uh, doing you've always been organized. I'm not sure about productive, but organized. And the reason was organization for me was currency to be who I wanted to be. Um, in terms of, I lived, I grew up in Nigeria. My parents were not very, very embracing of um, generator. They were more old school. So it, this generator was something that was put on only when it needed to be put on. So I knew that the opportunity cost of not ironing my um, clothes on time was rumpled close to the office. So when I when I started working, I, I certainly remembered um, always having to iron my clothes in bulk. As soon as there was stable electricity, iron as much as I can. And then I did the extra effusy, <laughs> I should say, of arranging them in a particular order. And this is because Dwayne doesn't think that she should use her space to think of what she should wear in the morning. I don't see myself as a fashionista or somebody that can combine things like that randomly. So once I figure a combination in my mind, I put it there and I don't want to think about it anymore. So I just arrange clothes for the whole month and just bring one hangout at any point in time. And it's just what I do now. Like, um, even, I don't know whether you've heard me talk about food schedule. It's, I can't leave without having a food schedule for my kids. There's certain things that, um, you know, are important to me. But whether that is as a result of always being productive or what I always say as just being extremely lazy, I don't know, because I, I say that my idea is this, organized people are too lazy to uh, look for things. <laughs> Whereas some people say that organized people are productive people. So I love my husband, which is why I said different people will have different views, because my husband will have a different view. And my husband will say, Doing's favorite thing to do is lie down and do nothing. So if she can have things being done automatically, she will do everything to arrange and create the systems that will make them just be done without her thinking because she really, really doesn't like to think or do. So, um, yes, I've always looked at the end. Um, if I can find a way to get to that end without me stressing myself or spending myself, I would go for it. And I am prepared to pay the price now to have that end of continuous uh, flangering. I'm using all those kind of terms, but <laughs> it's my, <laughs> you can tell that, yeah, I'm in a relaxed mode. So yeah, um, I don't know if that answers your question. No, it does, it does. And um, it, it's interesting because that is my, actually my own motivation for being effective and efficient and productive <laughs> as well. Because number one for me is, stress i i hate last minute anything that's going to put me under stress like looking for something i that's why i will always put things back in the same place so that when i need it i literally know where it is going to pick it up exactly. this idea of i'm looking for this i'm stressed i'm like no, no 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 i don't want this in my life i want an easy very lazy life <laughs> so yeah that makes absolutely sense to me um so that's the that productivity is avoid putting things in place if possible, automating them so that you can then enjoy your life, so that you're yeah. not being rushed. Um, and at the same time, by thinking ahead, it also helps you to be able to see in advance what needs to be done. 
right? Yeah. And it gives you time to be um, excellent as well in your outfit. It's like, I'm, I'm sure you buy to this um, philosophy that you can only be um, effective at achieving your goals when the goal clocks to an overall vision. Yeah. So um, you can't just say, I'm going to exercise, I'm going to be slim, I'm going to eat well, unless you have maybe an overall vision of saying, when I'm 80, I still want to look good, I still want to be able to wear stilettos, I still want to be able to rock certain clothes. So that vision shapes your today. Mm. And so this is how I see productivity, like what is the end I expect? And what can I do today that might cost me a lot? But in when I think about in terms of the what it delivers, it's incomparable, then I'm able to kind of like put myself into a position where I do those things and do them as well as I can so that tomorrow is a chill out time, mm. you know. So that's how I see productivity for me. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that. And I completely agree with that. We have, I think, similar ways of thinking. <laughs> <laughs> um, my third question is, so from my own observations, as I said earlier in the beginning of the podcast, by observing you, you're someone that leads a very multidimensional life. So you're a wife, you're a mother, you're a businesswoman, currently a PhD scholar, you're a speaker, you organize workshops, conferences, etc. But you have somehow, and I'm not saying this because we, there's nobody that leads a one-dimensional life. We all do. But the the wonderful thing from my own observation is you have managed somehow to excel in all these areas with the same 24 hours that everyone else gets. Because some of the things that I hear regularly from people is, oh, I can't do this because I have kids. Oh, I can't do this because you know the, it's so busy at work. Oh, I can't do this. But we all have the same 24 hours. So my question to you is, what do you think are the main reasons for that? Why have you been able to have such a multidimensional and some will say busy life and still manage to excel, right? You've excelled in, as in this, you might want to, uh, I'm raining praises on you, but from observation, you know, you have a good marriage, you've raised excellent kids, your business is succeeding, you're doing, do you understand? So excellence all around. And what is the reason for that? What are the main reasons? And why would you say to someone that says, oh, I have too much on my plate, therefore this area has to suffer? What would you have to say to them? Um, I, I think it's simple for me. Um, from an outside point of view, people could look at it and think everything is on the same level at every point in time, but that is not true and that is unrealistic. The truth is that I, I believe that any person that is guided by purpose will be able to allocate the necessary resources to the different aspects of their life. So I put purpose in the center. I mean, I always talk about, you said it in the introduction, the live well, live full, and live out framework. Because um, I, I do a lot of scribbling and writing to myself. I'm a thinker, right? And one of the things I found was that, you know what? Many of us desire to live well. But then one day I said to myself, no, 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 live well. By the way, I, I talk about live well in terms of you want to have good clothes, live in a good house, have money, go on holiday, the fine things of life, right? But then I, I noticed that not many people, when they reach that threshold of living well, how many cars are you going to drive at the same time? How many mm. clothes are you possibly going to wear? You begin to notice that there is a desire to extend that beyond themselves and check out any entrepreneur. They have 
an outreach arm. They begin to get to a point where they become philanthropic because inwardly in the desire is to extend that. And that was when I wrote Leave Out. But I found that that, that can't actually happen properly unless you have purpose in the middle, which is why I wrote Leave Full, which is connecting with what you're about and then making that front and center of everything that you do. Mm. Then all of a sudden, it's no longer just a set of abstracts, but something that is holistic and, and drives you. So back to your question, for me, it's purpose. So if I connect to the fact that my purpose in life is to empower women, is to lift them up, I'm always going to be asking in this season, how do I do that best? So 18 years ago, I started my Mary Kay journey. And at that time, not many black women were thriving. I mean, today you see them center of industry where, um, um, you know, we're all contractors and have good jobs, have a lot of money. And differently, you can work from home. 18 mm. years ago, when I was contracting in IT, I couldn't work from home. It was a challenge for me. And then I had to plug myself and pull women into um, a system where they could control their time as well as have unlimited income. Mm. Mary Kate delivered on that for me. And so I put my whole effort into it. And it was important for me to be excellent at it so because nobody is inspired by failure right mm. so um excellence was going to be my how to bring people on this journey maybe today not so much in terms of people can work from home people can still and the working woman is no longer um the exception it's now the norm so maybe there are other ways to bring women along the journey and you might decide that for me what i am saying is that there's a level of attainment that has to be done in terms of intellectual capacity which is one of the drivers for be, for going into the phd and i can begin to see the result because if you make ch um, choices and it doesn't it's not aligned with results then it, it's a good point to know that perhaps this is not the right one so yeah back when i look at all those things maybe my mary Kay doesn't take as front and center as as it did five years ago my phd is taking more so what i'm always doing is like when you have um sliders and you just you're, you're fitting things into a puzzle and then you put this piece here and you think no this piece doesn't quite fit maybe it fits there instead this is what i do with my time um on the practical part on the practical aspect i am a master of what i call i'm a woman I deal with POTS and you know, I love acronyms. So mm -hmm. one day I wrote one acronym to myself, which is POTS and it means pockets of time. And what I found is that just like money, it's not the big purchases that makes you broke or um, prosperous. It's the little change that you don't manage well. So for me also, I found out that it was this pockets of time that would actually be the dif uh, difference between having enough time and not having enough. Mm -hmm. So what do I mean by pockets of time? Um, you could, I, I want to build my mental capacity. So I like listening to a lot of uh, books, podcasts, all those sort of things. But I also like to cook. I don't know what I like to cook. I like good food and I don't mind creating it. Then I found out that as long as I wasn't using the same senses, then I could multitask because there's a lot of pain about oh, multitasking. So I found that if I'm using my hands, I can listen and it won't matter. I can probably not listen to two things at the same time, okay, because it's the same senses that you're using and engaging. I can probably not read two things at the same time. It's the same senses, but I can probably read 
Um, read and read and um, read and hear can also be tricky because I need my brain to process. So there's some tasks that you can merge together in your pockets of time. So driving, you can you can listen to a book. Um, cooking, you can Hoover and those sort of things. So I was I was able to maximize that, and it made a big difference, massive, massive difference. Lami, I don't know about you, but sometimes women will cook and they will spend three hours in the kitchen because they first of all boil the meat, then they roast the meat, then they boil the pepper. Or you can boil the meat, roast the pepper and do everything at the same time and you spend 30 minutes to cook the same meal. So pockets of time, I would say. Secondly, I'm a realist. I believe I'm not um, delusional to believe that I can actually eat all my cake and have it. Okay, hmm. we decide, but I know that there's opportunity cost for everything. So if I want to sit on social media um, all day, then I probably can't do 50 pages of journal reading as I have planned. So I, I plan my time and you mentioned rest. I schedule in the rest as well, because this is critical to being um, to be able to follow through with a system. Every system must include rest in it mm -hmm. otherwise it's it it will break you know so pockets of time and then i am um an advocate of lists and using lists properly not just writing lists but chunking those lists and using them and, and i can go into details but i think if if i was to say those would be the key things that help me to manage time should i say mm, awesome <clears throat> the first thing i picked up from what you said was purpose so everything has to has to be centered on purpose mm -hmm. knowing <clears throat> why you're doing something um in the first place and and being able to second lead to the second thing understand that sometimes um you so you may not be able to have it all at the same time so leading into priority so there was a season in your life when you faced your Medicaid business and you said listen, I'm going to invest a lot of time into this, um, but times and seasons have changed. Um, so a follow-on question that I would have for you uh, mm -hmm. regarding that, before I move on to my next planned question is this. So let's say, um, and I assume that, you know, I think, I think I know that by that point, you either had one of your daughters or both. Okay. All right. And they were probably quite young. And then you decided, okay, I'm going to do Mary Kay. I'm going to build a business and I'm going to do well. I'm going to do it excellently. That will require some, even if it's not the traditional um, eight to five or nine to five, it will still require the effort and the energy and, and all of that. How, how does one combine that? So I'm raising young children. I need to give them the time, but I also want to build my career, <clears throat> excuse me, on my business. Okay, so I'll, and I'll tell you my Mary Kay journey. I started Mary Kay December 2002. If you do the maths, Tammy was about 15 months at the time. Mm. And why did I start my Mary Kay business? So Tammy was, um, I started, I was working in IT um, from August 2000, moved into the UK February 2000. August 2000, I started working in this company. Had Tammy February, um, September 2000. 2001 yes 2001 yes yeah, september 2001 i'm doing the maths in my head now september 2001 and i went back to work um in december she wasn't even three months because they needed me my job 
So come October 2002, they released a list of redundancy. I was the only female black person um, working in my office, and I, I was on that redundancy list. Up until that time, I had never had such a thing at work. So I was always best employee of the uh, best employee, employee of the month, those kind of things. That's what I'm, I would work hard at whatever I, I, I was working on. And so this shook me, you know, like, really? Redundancy. Now, the truth is, they revoked that redundancy three, uh, two, three weeks or two weeks after or something, less than a month anyway after. But the damage had been done. The damage, it wasn't damage as much as it had made something click inside me. Like, no matter what sacrifice you give to another person's concern, they would never factor you in first. And so that was what triggered that in my mind that perhaps entrepreneurship was the way to actually really control my time. So I still, um, what I did then was I said, you know what, I wasn't prepared to come back. Um, and I'm going to say the money figures because sometimes we it's easier to um, think in terms of money. So this is 2002 um, October, I was earning 35,900 per, per annum and I was working permanent staff, you know, which was fairly good at the time when you think about what people were earning. So I said, no, what I'm going to do is I'm going to negotiate contract terms and I will do 350 a day. And if I had to work outside the outside London, I'll do 400 a day. And they agreed. Then I added on the fact that I wanted them to compensate me for my petrol and also give me lunch which they agreed to and i felt huh i've gained back some self-confidence mm -hmm. and so i started doing that then i went back and i said you know what i can't actually do 20 days a month can i do 10 days can i do can i choose a number of days because remember by this time i started my business and i wasn't as committed to being best employee as much as building something that i felt would last and so they said to me okay you know what doing you can pick your days you can pick your how many days you want to do but you have to do a minimum of 10 days which meant that put me at 3500 which was still good considering mm. my whole salary before was <laughs> 35900 so and that was what i kept doing and i kept doing tammy was the only child i had and that gave me flexibility to know that okay if i needed to spend time with her if i needed bonding time i would just not take i would just take 15 days the money was enough for me when damacy came along i continued that and it became even more tricky and so the july after damacy um Damacy was born in july and the october i said i said if i can get my mary Kay business for me to earn 3,500 minimum in a month, consistently over a three month period, I would walk away from the from the job. When I hit that, I did. So I it was always an informed decision. It wasn't just, okay, now I'm just gonna feel like, and I think we had that discussion when you were gonna start business, that you know one of the things that make people look back um, at a decision for entrepreneurship is because they did not set the targets, the boundaries or the, the lines properly. And so they, are, they they've run back in. I think it was um, T.D. Jakes in his book, um, Instinct, that really, really went on this whole thing about, you know, if, you, if, you, if you're a tiger, you leave the cage too early, you would always want to go back into the wild or something like that. So for me, um, I reached those benchmarks and it was important to maintain those benchmarks because, you know, my mom would say things like, oh God, I pray that all the veil that has covered her face would be torn apart. You know, this is me being successful and leaving it to go and sell lipstick. So it was important. It's like when you have the challenges before marrying, 
getting married to a particular person, then you kind of like work so hard to make sure the marriage works. So that was what it was for me. And then I realized how many, many women in the professional world were really struggling. And I saw this opportunity to bring them alongside, to coach them, to also mentor them and to be able to make them believe and follow through with uh, what they wanted to do. And on a personal note, I'm a Christian. I'm used to believing God for things and it being happening. And I did not see any opportunity to do that in the UK. The company will put their money in your account at 12 midnight on the day salary was meant to be paid. In Nigeria, you had to believe God that the, the money will be paid. Um, when you wanted to go out, you had to believe God that, you know, money, that you will come back alive, that, you know, all the things that you, you just need to exercise your faith for. And I got to, one day I said to myself, my faith is not being challenged. I'm not going to leave like this. With Mary Kay, it was a game for me. It was a game because I had to start zero at the beginning of the month and set targets with God, speak it and see it come through and believe God that I will go out, I would meet the right person, I would make sales that would be enough for what the goals that I had set. So it was a daily faith walk, which I thoroughly enjoyed. So on a personal note for me, Mary Kay was training my faith muscles, so to say. And that was the only thing in the UK that allowed me to do that. So there was that side of it as well that made it very a very interesting proposition for me. Yeah. Right. Awesome. I you know the I wasn't expecting you to answer like that, but I'm so glad that you did. Because <laughs> you oh, sorry. No 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 seriously because you actually outlined one of the things that I believe hold us back. So there are so many women that, yes, they want to be successful in that career. They want to build that business or whatever it is. Um, but being able to take a step beyond what is comfortable mm. might be what is holding a lot of people back as in, okay, even if I want to do this or I want to start a business, uh, this is comfortable. My salary is hitting my, my my bank account every 12 midnight on the 27th of every month um if i go and start something else what is the guarantee and even though they feel so unfulfilled inside they just can't let go you can't let go so i i love the fact that you you took us through that journey especially with knowing the, at the point if you had said when it made you redundant i went to start a business that sounds fairly logical but you went back. In fact, they they brought you back at all costs. They, in fact, they what is it? Tripled your salary. Steps out. <laughs> they tripled well, your yeah, salary after I left. They were still asking me to come back. To still come back. Um, but it was a it was a decision that you made that was informed by higher set of values. And and from what you've said, those values were the driving force of everything you did. And yeah. even when those values led you to places that were uncomfortable or not as comfortable, you still allow those values to drive you. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. That is, this is the fact this that's is the bonus. That's, <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's, it's amazing. It's awesome. It's awesome. I'm learning so much from this. Um, so, um, to now move on from that or to take it a step higher, I want you to talk, you know, to talk us through um so systems or the rituals the routines things i rest um that could particularly actually let me ask you this first do you ever deal with procrastination of course i'm human <laughs> <laughs> this morning i was meant to do my 30 minute walk 
and I convinced myself that it was better to do a two-hour Bible study, which was <laughs> interspaced by sleep. And even when I felt guilty, I said it was a devil. You know? so, yeah, yeah. So I'm human. Yeah. So I'm going to have that. However, um, I'll tell you, on the flip side of that procrastination, I would get a quick win. So um, when I finally got off my bed, I didn't complete the two hours. I think I lingered for one hour, 20 minutes there about, I said, get up, I'm going to have a shower. Normally I'll have my shower after devotion at about 8.30. I got up and I had my shower earlier at 7.30. And then after devotion, which is normally when I have my shower, I decided to make dinner and lunch. And you know, the thing about doing that was a quick win because I all of a sudden felt a chunk of my day had been cleared up for me to now fit in the things that I had been uh, slothful mm. about earlier in the day. So I would say that when you find yourself procrastinating, you don't have to go back to the task because the reason why you're procrastinating on the task is because there's a little bit of resistance with That's that right. task. That's right. Take your go somewhere else that you like to, that you would naturally inclined to. So even if it is tidying your wardrobe, even if it is cleaning a shelf, get a quick win of that helps your brain you have done something productive and you will find that it gives you the strength and the energy to move to the task that you were procrastinating from absolutely absolutely on procrastination and um thank you for being very honest because i don't think there's anybody that doesn't procrastinate but the key is to know what to do in order to overcome it i think we all face it procrastination i believe is not laziness it is rooted in like you said, resistance and fear. So the thing looks like a mountain or feels like a mountain and nobody wants to be dealing with mountains. We all want to like float through life yeah. originally. <laughs> so um, to be able to deal with that is fantastic. So what I'll ask now is um, take us through how someone could multiply their productivity by using systems. Uh, you already mentioned a couple, you know, for example, like having the food, is it food, food timetable? What did you call yeah, it? Yeah, food schedule. Oh, yeah, food schedule. <laughs> like having the food schedule. So rituals, systems, um, rests and Sabbath and things like that. So what would be your overview of, um, I look at my, the next 30 days of my life and I want to be productive. I want to multiply. These are the things I have a lot going on. And I okay. want to make sure that I come out excellent on all sides. What would you do? So system is a must. You must have a system. And I saw somebody put a system as save yourself time, energy, and money, which is brilliant. I like that. Um, but I, I, I think that um, the, the, I think the dictionary dis defines the systems as it's a set of principles or procedures according to which something is done. So it's like an organized scheme or method. And so I, people say to me, are you robotic? Why do you always talk about system, system, system? And I say that a system is just a way of living. And I, I always say that a good system must incorporate routines and just imagine a seesaw with balanced with rest so routines on one end rest on the other end and by the time you um incorporate both of them and you intertwine both of them properly you find that, that you find you have a system that works or a, a method 
that works. So, and I was thinking about, I, I knew you were going to ask me about routines and rest and all that. And I thought, okay, I'm going to do this from two perspectives. This is a Christian broadcast, I believe. Many, many. It is, it is. Yeah. Yeah. So I will take one from a predominant Christian perspective and one I'll do the science. Okay, so let, let's do the science for routines in terms of how the brain works. A little bit of, um, so the routine is just a sequence of regularly followed actions. So things that you do all the time at a particular time um, in a particular sequence or so. Okay, so that's a routine. And why, why are they important? Number one, it helps to minimize uncertainty. So there are two modes your brain can be in. It can be in a calm state or in an uncertain um, state. So when we look at the uncertain state, what happens is that you, you get into the fight, flight, seize mode, and you are not productive. If you're in that mode, you want to protect yourself. You know, some animals would even fold or cower at that stage. No human being can be productive at that stage. It's typhoon's thinking. And when there's no thinking, there can be productivity. And it's interesting because the converse is also true which means that the more you put your brain into a place of certainty instead of uncertainty, then the easier it is for you to think and to leave that uncertain mode for a more concrete mode. So that's the first thing about routines. The second thing about routine is that it helps to clear your thinking. So we have, um, I was looking at a, a study that was done about the brain a while back, and I'm not going to bore you with the details, but it's like there's a part of the brain, the, the frontal part of the brain that is um, responsible for what is called executive actions, like planning, freeing up, uh, abstract thinking, even emotional control. And the interesting thing about that part of the brain is it tires easily. It doesn't have the tenacity of the other parts of our body. So um, if you free that space up, if you free up the task that is carried up by that space by doing things in an autopilot mode, then you are conserving the energy for that part of your brain to do higher order tasks. Thirdly, it reduces drain in execution. I don't need to elaborate on that, but just think about a toddler who is trying to feed themselves and, and an adult that is trying to feed themselves because the adult has done it over and over. It's almost automatic. Whereas for the toddler, it's a resistance that they have to overcome. So doing things routinely makes them habitual and automatically you do them with ease. Um, another one is, yeah, Stephen Covey's book, um, Seven Habits of a Highly Effective I always mix up the title. People. You know the one I'm talking yeah. about. Seven habits. Let's stop at that. <laughs> and it talked about a quadrant there. And it was talking about not urgent and not important, urgent, important, not urgent, important, urgent, not important. And it was talking about the, the people, the most productive people thrive in the important, not urgent. And the least productive, believe it or not, starts in the urgent and important, where everything is, you know, like your brain is going into spasms all the time. Now, being a routine, uh, being routine driven gets to a point where you rest, you, you, you take up your brain from that urgent and important all the time because you've put things in place to sort themselves out automatically so that you only have to deal with the things that are important, but they're not necessarily urgent because the urgency has been catered for by routine. I think it's enough science. Read, there's a book that is very, very good on maximizing your brain and all this 
thing. It's called, um, it's Chris Hommel, and it's called Tyranny of the Urgent. It's it's a good book, so you can pick it up, you know, so you find some things that might be useful. So, and so let, let me stop with the science. Let me flip over to the other side of the, uh, the seesaw, which is the rest one. And I actually forgot I taught you about Sabbath because I have, I was thinking about that this morning when I was lingering on my bed, it was because I was reading and getting excited about Sabbath. And you know, um, Sabbath is a God thing. He started in the, in the sequence of creation. It is not coincidental that he felt it necessary to tell us that he rested on the seventh day. This is God, all powerful, all knowing, all sufficient still took out time to rest which should tell us a pattern you know and i always say that sabbath is not a time of inactivity mm. jesus showed us that by healing on the sabbath it is a it is a time of esteeming god's purpose above self mm -hmm. so it is um self-abandonment more than just Sabbath. And if you look look at the ritual of how the Jews observe Sabbath, it starts with a blessing and it ends with a blessing. So on both sides of the Sabbath, they are ushering in and cementing with blessing. And this is how the Sabbath should be for us. It is a rest that esteems God above self to say that I'm seizing from my, from my works and abandoning myself into you. And, um, the good thing about the Sabbath, I think Exodus 16, 24 is where it was talking about the Sabbath and it was talking about how um, the children of Israel would gather manna every day. And if they took extra, it would turn into worms, right? Mm -hmm. Except on the Sabbath. Except on the Sabbath, which means that routine tasks, things that you do habitually, they take a different dimension when you introduce rest, when you acknowledge rest, where you put the God part in it. All of a sudden, some of the routine things that could land us in trouble are now cemented or guarded by God, you know, because we have esteemed and, and said, God, I want you intentionally in this season, and I'm going to seize from what I know to do. Mm. And um, Exodus 23, 11 was also talking about um, instructing the children of Israel to say that, leave your land fallow. And I remember that Greek science. I did that Greek science in the early years of uh, second years, and I don't know how many of you remember that. And honestly, I'm not even going to display my ignorance by telling you that I remember everything. But I know that it was a time you left the land. You did not till the land or cultivate the land. You left it for a season so that when you next tilled it, it was more productive. And today I went to the ecologist and I, I said, fallow periods were traditionally used by farmers to maintain the natural productivity of their land, natural productivity. And the benefits of leaving a land fallow for extended periods includes rebalancing soil nutrients, reestablishing soil biota, breaking crop pests and dis disease cycles, and providing a haven for wildlife. Hmm. Fantastic. So we will do our part, but we need to rest so that God can also do his part. That's that's a differentiator between us and those that do not have this covenant that we have. And um, lastly, my husband turned 50 last year and I did a lot of study on the Jubilee year and everything because I, I wanted to understand it before writing the scriptures on his card. And we do know that this Jubilee year is a Sabbath of Sabbaths, right? So you have a Sabbath is every seven years and 
after seven of such seven years, which is 49, I can see the it's maths in you, you have an extra year, <laughs> yeah. which is 49 plus one. And that's mm-hmm. why the 50th year is the year of Jubilee. And go and read it. I think it's in Leviticus 25 to 27. That was talking about all the benefits, restoration, everything. If you owed money, if everything, you were set free on that Sabbath. So it is not a preaching on Sabbath, but it is well worth, I did a study on it and it still blows my mind when I think about the Sabbath rest. Now, why is it important? Some of the things that God has been telling me is that I guard you by guiding you. What I need mm. to be able to be close enough to guide you. Otherwise, you cannot be guarded. And I mean, this is so relevant, even in the season that we are in today, isn't it? Okay, because... so you, you can't just drop that kind of bomb and move on. Okay, so we have... <laughs> Wait, 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 say that again. So I, I guard you by guiding you. Yes, because it's, it's, it's in the promptings that he's going to say, don't, right. don't go and do your hair today. You don't understand it, but because of the abandonment mm. that breaks your perfect routine, you circumvent the systems of the world. And, um, but if you don't have the routine, there is nothing to interrupt. Because if if we look at um, one of the things that one of the scriptures I absolutely one of the parts of the Bible I absolutely love, uh, the parables I love is the parable of the talents. Hey, surprise, surprise! <laughs> I love it, and it, it was funny because last beginning of this month, and I was studying on healing and um, and prosperity. I said to my husband, I said, "Okay, we're going to do this." Anything about healing, I'll read from Luke. He was a doctor. And anything about money, I read from Matthew. He was a tax collector. He got money. And I was reading the Matthew account again of the parable of the talent. And I, I, I underlined and circled invest. And I felt God was asking me, which is guiding, guiding. I'm doing my routine of studying, but now guiding me in that study uh, to say, what is what does it mean to invest? And I said, to invest, you need knowledge. You need discernment and you need action. And these are the ways that I don't know. And it, it ties in with productivity, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So it wasn't just about the reason why one didn't get money back was because the person was not guided by knowledge, discernment and action. And the reason why the other person multiplied was because it was guided by knowledge, uh, discernment and action. Mm. Shall I just say that your system has to include constant knowledge, constant discernment, which is a God factor, the rest, and constant action, which is your part to go out and do. So, um, I don't know. Uh, okay, so... I, I'm looking at the time. I'm being conscious. I'm no, no, no. It's, 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 don't worry. It's fine. <laughs> don't worry. Yeah. If it goes a little bit over an hour, it's absolutely fine. This is important. So, I want to I want to pick up on that. So, knowledge, discernment, and action. And absolutely, you can have knowledge um and have action without discernment you will waste energy and not achieve any anywhere near what you want to you can have mm-hmm. knowledge and discernment if you never take action again the same thing so in, in terms of so it, these are three key powerhouses um in a daily routine or a the usual routine for let's say a, a mother so a wife a mother that got, that goes to work what would that look like to go after knowledge, to go after discernment, and to go after action in their, in their daily life? Um, so I, I believe that God will begin to prompt us. Um, I am very, very particular about um, being close to his 
to his voice. Um, I used to joke about it a lot in those my Ife days and say that many of us modern day Christians will have killed Isaac because we'll have gone by the fact that God said go and kill him. And we did not hear that God is saying. So there's a difference between said and saying. And that is the, 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 the what defines for me discernment. But I always still believe that you also need to pursue knowledge because you can't even discern if you don't have different strands of knowledge That's or right. a, a raft to pull out the discernment from. Because now, if you've never heard about a particular country name and God is saying pray for Belarus, and you're like, is that somebody's that? name? <laughs> Just that. So you still need. So when we when we look at it in terms of you've asked about the parent expose yourself to as much as you can about what it takes. I, I say, put your Christianity aside and assume you didn't have a God. How would you do this? It's the same for marriage. It's the same. I mean, if I was an unbelieving marriage, how would I protect that marriage? How will I care for my husband? What what will I do? Will I wear nice lingerie and all that? Let's, let's, let's not go into it. But you know what I mean? And for a mom as well, how would I make this child excellent would i send the child for tutoring would i send the child to the best schools would i what kind of clothes what kind of friends would i allow the child to have so you do all that but then god puts in the discernment factor by saying yeah this is right doing like yesterday in the middle of my business somebody had invited me for a, a call um a zoom call and i looked at the number of speakers and i thought ah, no it's too many but Believe you me, 4.30 said at 4. And if I'm going to join anything, I'm either early or I'm not going to be there. And we had organized a Zoom party for my sister. Surprise one at 5. I said, just 30 minutes, said, doing login. So I looked for the Zoom number. I logged in. And I logged in in time to hear one of the speakers talking about how to manage expectations in this season for your children. And talked about the danger of thinking they should be in front of the computer for eight hours stretch and talked about the greater damage of their love for learning versus maximizing this time. Hmm. I didn't think that was accidental. You know why? Yesterday morning, I signed up for the third session for my daughter to have extra tuition because I was like, eh, they're not teaching them. Ah, no, they have to be taught apart from reading themselves. And so I felt this was a balance. Came off the call, went to my younger daughter. I celebrated her from work for working hard. And I said, today, you're not logging in at 8.45 when your school starts and finishing at 3.45 when your school finishes. I only want you to do four hours a day. She said, why? I said, I want your brain to rest. Mm. Do whatever you like in the morning. You know? And I that was a win. Now, this is... Uh, I don't know how to actually separate this, but I don't think it was a coincidence that yeah, I logged in at that... There were 15 speakers or thereabouts. Yeah. And the one I heard was the controversial the one that was saying this and it put balance so and those are that's what i mean by he guards us he protects us shields us by guiding us mm. so if you have something that does not kill anybody or violate what mm. you believe and it has to do with your children you do it then if somebody says something about food and you know that it's relevant you, you can take that on and Continue to be confident enough to try things because I believe that commit your ways to the Lord and it causes your thoughts, thoughts, not actions, to be established. So even your thinking will become in line 
with his purpose. And you taking action to execute that means that God can trust you with more promptness. Because what's the point telling you all the time you don't do it? What should he tell you more? But if you dare to do it because you believe that you're doing it in faith and in obedience, trust me, he will give you more promptness. And there's nothing more blissful than to live that sort of life. Yeah, absolutely. I absolutely agree with that. Um, Since you sort of went into parenting, um, I I want you to say some. So if I if I were to ask you, and I'm asking you this question again because I know a bit about you, about your family, about your about your daughters, and I know that your daughters are very have been very successful academically in other areas. You know, very <laughs> mature, um, outstanding, and in different ways um you alluded to one of those now we we saw the 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 discipline like you listen you need to log on at 8 45 and finish and still do extra so we've seen that we've also we've also seen the balance side of it what would you say to uh, a parent that is listening but is struggling to get their child to be productive so oh the child doesn't want to do their homework or oh, i have to nag and nag and nag um they have this vision for their child but they're struggling in their parenting to get the child there what would be your advice to a parent i would say that treat your child as an individual mm-hmm. no two children are the same i have two completely different children they have strengths and their strengths do not even compare because where one is extremely strong, the other is weak and vice versa. And I am going to put this here because I, I asked myself, should I, should I not, should I, should I not? So my older daughter, academically sound, all nines, all that, excellent, blah, 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 blah. Cambridge interview for the course of her choice, blah. I went there with her. We got there the day before so that we could be fine. We went, rehearsed, looked through everything, planned, did all the questions and everything. So dropped her there at nine o'clock for a nine forty-five start. We got there on time. She did the nine forty-five stream, and then she was meant to do the other, the next stream. And then I got a call to say, "Mommy, I'm twenty-five minutes late." She had mixed up the times. Wow! Who does that in a Cambridge interview? So, And this is the God part, because one of the things that God told me immediately is that you will not repeat and you will see the salvation of God. And that was difficult. And I wanted to scold and everything. But at that time, because I had said, post it. And you know, when they're 18, then they have the mind of their own rights. And I thought, this has never happened. So if we went by who she was or who she is and how perfect, this would not be an issue. But even in our perfection, lapses still happen. And so I didn't say to even the best of my friends, my husband and I said, we're going to agree. We took a prayer of agreement. And with her, we, I said, what makes you feel connected to God? She said, communion. We broke bread. We went home. We kept speaking and saying it. Well, the admissions came in. She didn't get the college she applied for. She got the college she wanted to go initially that she changed her mind when she went to have a, a you know, where they have their sleep through or whatever, sleep, sleep in or whatever. She said, oh, they don't have own suite, so I'm not going to go to that college. But she went back to that college, and we know that that is where she's meant to be. But hey, okay, what I'm trying to say here is this, right? <laughs> Who does that and still expects a favorable response? This is highly competitive. And I say that because I say to, um, I always say to parents that talk to me, what would you prefer 
for your perfect purpose to be done or for God's perfect purpose. University is where they might meet their future partners, certainly where I met mine, and all that. Their, their, their lives can be shaped forever. So I said to God, I love Cambridge, but I prefer your purpose. And esteeming Lord God as your Lord and Master, even in the lives of your children matters. So when you're, you have to always ask yourself when your child is not performing, is your child not performing according to their line, according to who they are, their authentic self, or <laughs> in relation to other parents or other children? Because those that compare themselves to themselves, you finish that, are not wise, right? That's what the Bible says, black and white, no, you know. So I, I always think it, if the child is not performing because the child needs support, fix that. Give the child support, you know. If the child is not performing because you think the child should be like A or B, fix yourself, you know, and align. Because the child can sense it from a distance. That's right. That's right. I, you know, I, I think that's beautiful. That's absolutely beautiful. The episode before this one, I talked about um, the antidote to parenting stress. And okay. one of the things that I talked about was the most, the most, uh, common cause of stress for parents is comparison mm. not understanding that each child is different they have their own destiny from god and mm -hmm. each child's timing is also different so <laughs> i am really grateful that you said that um so uh lastly i know that you know i, I mentioned some of the books that you've written uh, at the start of the podcast but i want you because this one is relevant to what we're talking about today so you've written a book called grow with goals a step-by-step -step guide to setting and achieving positively impacting goals. Mm -hmm. So I want you to just um, say something about the book because uh, I've read it and I know that it's a fantastic book. You edited it. I edited it. <laughs> uh, and it is, it's, a, it's very practical. It's not like simply to motivate you and get you inspired or whatever. It does that, but it also gives you this template. And all. So do you want to just say a little bit about the book? And so I, I, it's good that you call it a book. I call it a tool. Mm. I feel I've written one book and I've created three tools because my brain always wants to answer questions. So if there's a question I'm asking myself, then I answer it through research and I try to present it in a, in a book. Of course, teaching, because that's my strength. And so Grow With Goals is a four-part um, system to making your goals count for more. We started this uh, podcast by talking about your goals need to plug into an overall vision. So G means goals. And I went through how to properly set goals. You know, it's not a book on goal setting, but little, little things that I feel could enhance the knowledge that is already out there on setting goals. So plugging the goal to a vision was one of those things. Engaging your senses into the goal setting uh, process is one of those things as well. Then I... I address something that I feel is a, a a key thing about goals that make you not achieve the goal. It's it's the it's this thing about looking at the top of the stairs and obsessing with the fact that you want to get to the top of the stairs, but forgetting that between the top and where you are now are steps, mm. and you could just master steps instead of obsessing with the top. So um, I R stands for resourcing yourself with things, tools that you need to get you to the next step and the next step and the next step, such that getting to the top of the step of, of the staircase will happen 
organically inevitably yes you know and we're such big thinkers many of the people that have problems with this trust me are not the ones that are just doing life day by day mm -hmm. they are the big thinkers because we are the ones that are obsessed with the top of the cess so um r was for how to resource yourself and or a pet peeve organization there is so much science between an organized brain an organized space and productivity um at map this year we actually we have an add-on session where we just talk about everything that links productivity motivation and preparation and you won't believe what I've I've invited an interior decorator this year to do a session called Make a House a Home because I believe that there's a link between how your house, your space looks and how productive you are. And it's the same for every part of your life. If you are organized, you sort out things like most of the things we've talked about today, then that goal will most likely happen. And W is do the work. Do the work. Take action. Stop thinking, saying, speaking it. Just do one thing. Doing it shows God you, you are obedient and you are trusting. Mm. At least do it. And then if you've made a mistake, you go back and then you say, okay, you know what, God, I'm sorry, but I did it thinking that was what I was meant to do. But don't just sit there, do the work. So that's Grow With Goals and basically the gist of it. Awesome. And like you said, it has things to help you with the different parts of the um curriculum yes it's a book that i highly recommend all right so thank you so much doing the last thing i'm going to ask you is someone is listening to this and they want to connect with you they want to maybe buy the book or any of your books or be a part of your book club how can they reach you so right now and i don't know when you'll be listening to this podcast but right now you go to doing.co.uk you will see that it is a website that is being torn apart. <laughs> and that's because doing.co.uk, a uh, gift my husband gave me many, 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 many years ago when people did not have domain names, is something that contains all I do. So the books and everything are still listed there. Because I've been given assignments to work with other parts, accelerators and those kind of things, I realized I had to become a uh, limited liability. And there's her co.uk right now but mapha.co we're still deciding what looks good on the corporates and you know professional fronts right now it doesn't have my books on it um still trying to decide is that something that should go into mapha so it's still in doing.co.uk however maybe if you're listening to this next year i might have packed everything to mapha but right now doing.co.uk so i think i should say if you go to doing.co.uk there's a resources um uh, resource for you or something like that you click on it and you get the books and if you're listening to it at any point in time and you don't find it there it means it's moved to mapha.co.uk okay thank you it, it's, it's clear? yes it's very, it's, <laughs> okay. so from what you've said it is basically go to doing.co.uk because this is coming out literally in the next week or two after recording this so okay. because all the batched episodes that we've done we've basically put them aside in response to what is going on to be able to help people and to resource them in the season so i've had a wonderful wonderful time and i knew it was going to be a great time <laughs> so i was not disappointed thank you so much doing it's been a wonderful time for your time for the headspace and everything because i know that of course you have your hands full as well but I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. And I've really just enjoyed having the chat with you as well. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much. And thank you everyone that has listened to this podcast. I will be back next week with another episode. Thanks. Bye. <laughs>